Welcome to the Gym Session, brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile and Footy Live. It's time to chat all things football with your host, Jimmy Sabo. Hello and welcome to the Gym Session. I'm Jimmy Zabo and I'm here thanks to Sportsmate Mobile, TLA and the Footy Live app. Make sure you download the Footy Live app today for all your stats, scores, highlights, news, opinions and your podcasts, of course. And make sure you give it a five-star rating because that is what it truly deserves, as does my co-host today, Nick Guglielmino. It's a special edition. Thanks to lockdown, it's throwing everyone out of whack. Uh, Gordo's at the doctor's. Uh, he's all right, though. But our special guest, Josh Gibson, he will be our interviewee this week, but it'll be released tomorrow, the 12th of August, Thursday. So a special Thursday drop on with Nick Guglielmino. We're going to do a Monday review panel on a Wednesday. Nico, how are you, my friend? Good, thanks, mate. It's good to be back on, and I have to apologise for my home office. The lighting is terrible. It does me no favours right. at all, and no microphone set up either. But, well, you know. I'm disappointed with the microphone, but the vision's not too bad because this is obviously going to be an audio version, so it doesn't matter too much. But oh, okay. I've asked you week after week to get that mic, but that's okay. We thought we were going to be out of lockdown. We're back in it, so another that's week it. goes by. Uh, Nick, did you enjoy the uh, round of footy? I did. It, it was interesting. Um, so many surprise results again this weekend. Mm. Uh, and a lot of low lights as well, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, we will. We'll start with the hero, though, because um, that's what we often do. It's just you today. So make sure it's a good one. Who is your hero of the week? Well, the obvious one was Peter Wright, mate. Mm. Seven goals straight against the top side um, in the Bulldogs. And it was the first time that's happened against the top side since 2015. I think it was Tory Dixon did it against Fremantle. And he, he's, oh, I think it's, you know, he's the sixth player since the year 2000 to register seven or more goals against the top of the ladder side. So, there you, go. There you know, go. it was, yeah, it was an incredible performance. Six of them were set shots. And it was just like, you know, you know, when you go for a kick at the park and, you're playing around the world or horse or something like that, and you're just flushing <laughs> set shots left, right, and center. That's what I yeah. felt like. It was exciting to watch. It was very and exciting. Yeah. And to yeah. go back to my argument at the start of the year, what was there's it? nothing more exciting than seeing a key forward kick a bag of goals. That's and, right. It's not often we yeah. see it, though. You were tipping people are going to kick 100 goals this year. He, he's not quite going to get there, but it was very, very exciting. And, you know, since Matthew Lloyd retired, I think he's the – fourth bomber maybe to do it i think it was kyle reamers jake carlisle and mcdonald tip and woody have kicked seven or more since matthew lloyd retired and you wouldn't have really expected to see his name there um up against seven goals but it was a it was a great performance and he has been improving all season and it reminds me a little bit i mean he's almost symbolic of essendon really it's like you didn't they're showing improvement beyond what we expected um you know, the whole side, but Peter Wright especially. I think I think it's good. And they're in the box seat now to probably make the eight, which um, really hurts you mm. because you don't really like the Bombers. Um, so, yeah. so there you go. Uh, what was your highlight of the week, Nicholas? Uh, the highlight was the Giants. Their win against the Cats. You know, like not many people come out of Cadinia Park with the win and to see GWS do it with the injury list they have, like mm. I think there's like 16 or 17 players on that list. Um, the squad's just been riddled with injury. Um, yeah. It was an inspirational performance to, you know, tear 
Geelong apart, who are one of the informed sides of the competition. So that was my highlight. Yeah, well, it, it literally turned the season around because a lot of a lot of people expected them to lose that one, which would have made it difficult to make the eight. But they won the one that was going to be the toughest, which puts them in eighth spot now. But when you you, mm. you said about the the players that they missed, I'll read the outs for you: Mumford, Davis, Kelly, Reed, Hopper, Hogan, Lloyd, and Green. As nine hundred and forty-two games of experience they lost in one week mm. of football and you brought in only 305 career games of experience, but all those players stepped up, especially Callum Brown, the other Callum Brown, obviously the Irish man. And he, and he, um, he had a great performance, but he's a backman as well. Chucked him up forward. And Leon Cameron's had a little bit of a knack of um, getting his team up in, in games. They're not expected to win when they're missing a lot of leaders. So I, I I enjoyed that match as well, not for the Tigers' hopes, but as a neutral, um, you love the performance yeah. from the Giants. And Toby Green was sensational, and I think you're going to mention him a little bit later, maybe next even, because what were your low light of the week, Nico, was what? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, like like I was going on about before, there was plenty of low lights to pick from. There was a lot of yeah. you know the racism stuff on the agenda, and you know injury news about Josh Bruce, the health news about Sam Doherty retirees there was a few of them um but i want to keep my low lights to something that happened on the field and mm-hmm. as you just touched on that was the mro's findings of a joel selwood b toby oh Green, you weren't happy about joel selwood mason redmond and yeah, and yeah. Look, not just because of that rivalry i've got with you know that's the Geelong. main reason but yeah but it's fair yeah, enough to be angry. yeah oh but you know like selwood i think they judged it as careless high and low impact which is a fine um, but what yeah. it should have been is intentional because he had eyes on the man going in. Um, he decided to go for the bump and it should have cost him at least a week. It, it had to be that. And then Toby Green as well. You know, um, we all you have to do is look at that incident in the grand final last year with Dangerfield. I think it was on Flostwin. On Flostwin, yeah. I think that was a little bit different for mine. But I still, I still believe that it's it if you're going to go with precedent, um, it's not like he needs to get off, and they're appealing it. But Nico, you might have seen last night that it was revealed that the the tribunal doesn't allow you to use this season's incidents as precedent. Yeah, I did say that. It's yeah. ridiculous, though. I mean, this is the same season, it's the same sport we're playing. I thought it was more relevant than using past examples. Mm. So I think they judged the buddy case a couple of weeks ago. You know, that's an intentional. How much in the face? Exactly right. Yeah. And then um, Toby Green goes goes and cops two, and yeah, I just don't understand how they can get it so wrong. But that yeah. level of inconsistency they are delivering is atrocious. So, well, I mean, in terms of consistency, I know Michael Christian for the Bailey Fritch one, um, which he eventually got off. I think he gave a similar grading to the Toby Green one, so at least but Michael Christian was consistent on that. But the tribunal. Um, uh, overturned that decision for Bailey Fridge and they they lessened this um, sanction by one week, still giving Toby Green one week suspension, which they're going to challenge, which they should. But the one mm-hmm. with Selwood, what I didn't understand was Sam Wicks a few weeks back, um, he got a one-match ban for something almost identical. It was careless conduct, medium impact, high contact and yeah. he got uh it was on it was on will day i think who, who yeah, wasn't concussed yeah. and he wasn't concussed was he nico just to confirm will day no no he wasn't, no, he, wasn't. No. he still got a week 
but I don't understand yeah. how Joel Selwood escapes from almost identical. It even looks a little bit worse, mm. Joel Selwood, for mine, to be honest. Um, exactly. So it is so it, it's pretty much showing that they they were judging the Selwood one based on the outcome. And then when you look at the Mason Redmond one, they were judging it on... Um, the action. The action. Yeah, so, it's ridiculous. I know, I know. It was it was an absolute mess this week. I thought yeah. um, very good hero, very good highlight, very good low lights. Nico, before we get to the tweets and emails, I wanted to ask you about the Josh Kelly deal, eight year deal, um, mm. unbelievable for him, but also for North maybe because it's another big fish that they've not been able to catch, and they've thrown out the line to a few of them, and we know about the Dustin Martin. The one, the Isaac Heaney one, the Goey, they haven't been able to land anyone. So who's the biggest loser out of this? Is well, What's bigger? Sorry, the loser, which is North Melbourne, or the winner in GWS? Um, oh, what's bigger? It's a tough question. I'm, I'm probably yeah, I probably should have I'm not a big fan of the big contracts. Yeah, I know. You're throwing me under the bus yeah, here a bit. But, yeah, but you're good I'm on your probably, feet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll probably say the Giants. I think, you know, they're a big winner. Even though I'm... Um, I'm not a fan of the big contracts. It's good mm. to see, um, you know, a, a, an expansion team pretty much uh, tie down their stars. So yeah. uh, something Gold Coast haven't been able to do now, you know, in the space of two or so years, they've done it to Cornelio and they've done it to Josh Kelly. Um, yeah, Lucky Whitfield so yeah. as well. Toby yeah, Green's tied it. down. Nick Haynes is tied down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the, almost the, an... The, yeah, go on. Sorry, man. No, I was just going to say the big contracts, they're, they're always a risk and we haven't really seen it uh, pay off in terms of uh, these players winning premierships for their side. Uh, I think Buddy was the closest to do it. Mm. But pr- pretty much besides from that, um, yeah, I don't think like Grundy, I guess as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm just not a fan. They don't seem to work. It's It's a real risk in terms of list management. And, you know, yeah. you invest your future on these one or two players. So it's very risky. It is. Yeah, it is a bit of a risk. I'm not a fan of the, the big deals. But what it does do for GWS is um, not only does it keep him there, but it shows that he believes in the future and the vision of the Giants. And almost mm. last year, you know, when you lose Jeremy Cameron and some players won out and, and they lost Zach Williams, um, it kind of looked like it was going to be a big rebuild or refresh, but I mean, with all these players kind of signing on and believing in the vision and then some young boys as well have performed well. And we've seen, mm-hmm. like a, like we, we spoke about before, when they're injured and, and they're not at their best, they can still win games. So all of a sudden, it looks really different for GWS and people are starting to um, really congratulate Leon Cameron for what he's been able to do at the back end of this year. I know at the start, especially after the documentary, people were laying into him about his coaching style, but it's looked all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they have to take like at the end of this season when it comes to a close, uh, and we're reviewing the Giants. We need to take into account the injury list that they have had. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was going to say that the injury list is, has been horrific for them, and they've still been able to make it yeah. to the eight. I mean, if they, this is a big game coming up on Friday, of course. For North, though, is it maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise? Because I guess. You know, you, you invest a lot into like a mature player coming in, but now yeah. doing a complete rebuild and organically building it from scratch, you'd say from the start of the year with David Noble there, it's actually proving okay. Like they're doing all right. So now that you're not going to have the distraction of maybe, a, you know, Josh Kelly going there and a lot of uh, 
you know, resources and money going into him. This is really investing in the youth. I don't know. Maybe if they can build it from scratch and and um, and keep going the way they are, it's not it's not a really bad thing about for North. But in saying that, there's something wrong that they're not being able to attract these players over. Like, why are all these players saying sorry? No, I don't want to come over. I mean, like I mentioned before, there's Isaac Heaney, Dusty Martin, um, Andrew Gaff, Jordan Degoe. These are players mm-hmm. that are continually just said no. I don't want to go to North. So. Yeah, what do you reckon about that? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I don't know if it's hard to comment on whether it's a North Melbourne problem or whether they just want to stay or they get a better offer somewhere else. Um, but like you said, I think it's a blessing in disguise for North Melbourne. Um, I think they're too soon in their development and in their journey to be uh, uh, cashing in on these big these big fishes pretty much. And um I think that's something they can put on hold until they're ready to push for a premiership. Mm-hmm. Um, for now, they just need to load up on those draft picks, which, you know, they'll get the number one pick this year again, probably next year. And um, yeah, build, build a young core from those draft picks instead of trading them off for yeah. a Josh Kelly who's got, you know, four or five of his besties left. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. Hey, Nico, what about the Tech's uh, apology? We obviously, everyone knows about the incident, but um, the, Matthew Nix came out immediately and, and did a press conference and a statement. We didn't hear from Tech's until uh, Monday night, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Adelaide released the video of the Tech's apology. Um, what did you What did you make of it? immediate reactions to that and there's been a lot of you know, talk about the about that particular video on mm-hmm. social media but I wanted to know your your immediate reaction when you saw it well you could tell it was you know uh staged and scripted um but you know I've got nothing against that either because at the end of the day it's an apology um Robbie Young accepted the apology and I guess you know from Texas point of view that's the main thing for now um, but moving forward, I mean, like it, it's not an apology I would have done. Like it, it's, yeah, I think he could have done a lot more. I feel like Matthew Nix, what Matthew Nix said was a lot more genuine, but um, I feel like whatever Tex did as well, um, you know, he wouldn't have won much people over anyway because of, you know, what he did and the action, how bad it was. So, you know, an apology is, an, is a start, but, he's got a long way to go to win back people's respect and it's going to take a lot to do that. And, yeah. you know, I think that's what we have to judge him on. Yeah, it was a it was a weird one. I mean, yeah, to have, to have Hayden Young there, uh, like you said in the video, not really speaking, mm-hmm. it was just sitting behind him. I mean, obviously that part of it was, was, was scripted for him to be there and then he was kind of reading out a statement. He's obviously prepared earlier. Um, mm. it didn't really feel like it was genuine or from the heart, but, but like you said, you know, more people do things differently. Maybe he felt more comfortable reading something he prepared earlier, but some yeah. of the language around the apology, it, it kind of made him out to be the victim a little bit because he's saying, I'm mm. going to lean on you. I'm going to lean on people to help me through this and that sort of thing. It's, it, it was just odd. I thought the language around it, I might be being extra harsh, but you know, it just didn't, it, it seemed a bit odd. And we're going to speak about this on the sports media microscope on Friday with Sam Duncan um, at length, yeah. I think, about the way to do it. But 
Yeah, like you said, it's it's kind of a lose-lose situation because you can't win back many people after something like that. But you've got to attempt to start. So I thought from an Adelaide perspective to come out and maybe do a press conference or, or in a different way, a, a more genuine way um, where he does um, maybe front up to the media or or something along those lines. I thought that might have been a better way of doing it. Um, I thought there was yeah. more backlash than anything about the way they did that. And you go, the Hawks list. There's been a lot of talk about it all year. Kane Corns has said it's the worst, and he's gone back and said North Melbourne's the worst, and it's back and forth. Who knows who's the worst? But the last month yeah. looks like they're maybe there's a few young boys there that that look all right. Maybe Sam Mitchell isn't inheriting the the worst list of all time. What do you what do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think. Um... Yeah, I think it's a lot better than what people are making it out to be, that's for sure. And um, that's with not just the team we've seen over the last couple of weekends. Obviously, there's a few more injuries. Uh, like Will Day needs to be added to that team. CJ, obviously, even Sicily and Gunston, mm. the two forgotten men. Um, but yeah, and you know they're going to bring in a couple more draftees this year. And a lot of the players they drafted last year still haven't been added. So there is potential and I've always said, um, I've always said like years ago, well before, you know, Hawthorne started a rebuild, you can always judge um, a team's future based on their VFL side. And Hawthorne's VFL side, Box Hill, have been performing really well. And, um, yeah, I think that's a good indication of a team's future. And, yeah, I think they're, they're in a good spot moving forward. There definitely is a few gems there that Sam Mitchell could work with. And he's also transformed Connor Nash. Like I was, I was his biggest hater at the start of the year. I didn't think it would oh, make a yeah, pass. You were big year. on him. You were, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll own up to that. I think a lot of Hawthorne supporters were as well. Um, and rightly so, because every time he came in, you know, he wouldn't get more than 10 touches very rarely. A lot of the time it was five, six. Um, but, you know, a couple of a few weeks back or a few months back, Sam Mitchell trolls him in midfield at Box Hill and he gets, 30 touches in consecutive weeks and they play him there at senior level and, and he performs. So, yeah, he just has a good knack of um, finding the right spot for a few players. And, mm. yeah, so I think yeah, I think he'll be in a good spot next year. Yeah, Lucky Bramble, Dylan Moore, Tyler Brockman, Jack Scrimshaw, Cozzy, they've been performing well. And uh, then, like you mentioned, the ones to come in as well, but Will Day and Denver Granger Barras as well. Uh, future looks bright for them. And some of the, the mature players, Wingard, Tom Mitchell, Jager, they're playing well. Um, so maybe you put them up to trade or do they stick around and, and have a little bit of experience around, around the younger boys? We'll see. But, yeah, yeah, maybe the list isn't that bad or maybe they're playing for Clarko. Some people suggesting that, Nico, that uh, they're playing <laughs> hard to send Clarko off in a good way. So we'll see what happens yeah. when uh, Sammy Mitchell takes over. Hey, That's Brisbane, it. last week you were very harsh on them, you and um, Gordo. And I said, hey, get off their back a little bit because oh, I don't think you can you can put a line through them just yet. They have got potential. They had a huge win against Frio. Uh, you don't believe they're back though, do you? We'll be back after a quick break.
I've I've written them off for for the premiership, so I'm going to stick with that. You'll have like, to. They, they, they had a good win. They had a good win on the weekend. Don't get me wrong. Um, Sixty-four we also point can't, thumping. Yeah, we can't read too much into it as well. We we got to see how they go over the next couple of weeks as well before we can trust them again. I feel mm. maybe I am being a bit too harsh, but you are. Uh, You're always the, harsh. The week but... before against Hawthorn was pretty poor. I thought. Yeah, and the hunger the hunger was back then, Nico. Like we said, when the midfield doesn't perform, they don't win. Mm-hmm. But they performed well, and the pressure was there. That intent was there. That hunger. I think Chris Fagan said something along the lines about, um, you know, anyone who's watched Brisbane, they know this is our trademark. Yeah. So when they're getting that tackling pressure up and intensity at, at the contested ball, you know they're yeah. up and about. I still I wouldn't write them off just yet. That's all. That's why. And you had a go on me last week. You said you're sitting on the fence. So you and Gordo did as well. What's wrong with sitting on the <laughs> fence if you just want to wait and see what happens, mate? We, we like strong opinions. That's I know, it. but it, they know strong opinions aren't good if you don't believe in them. That's the thing, Nick. That's fine. You've got to believe in your opinion. So who makes the eight then? There's two spots really up for grabs. Mm. Last question here. Who makes the eight? I mean, it's, eight? it's anyone's guess, isn't it? Um, I mean, what, I, I, I do yeah. believe that um, Essendon are in the best spot to take a spot in the eight. They've got two um, winnable games, don't they, coming up? They've got, they've got Gold it. Coast and Collingwood, and they're yeah, sitting they two points outside the eight. Yeah. But they it, should win both. Again, it, they should. But then again, in games, they, they should win like uh, the Giants a couple of weeks ago. They don't show up. So yeah. who knows, really? But I'll, I'll put them in one of the spots for now. Yep. And I think uh, West Coast, they've got the points advantage at the moment. Yeah. I think they're up by a game. They're up so, by a game from Essendon. Yeah. yeah. They're in seventh so, spot on 40 points. And they've got two games. They've got the, the, the Derby over there in Perth. Yeah. Correct. They've got the uh, the Frio and then they play Brisbane. So yeah. you said they could lose both of them, though. They could. They the could lose both or they could win both or yeah. they could just go one. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That's the – well, they could draw as <laughs> well. That's the possibilities out there. That's but, right. Um, Richmond Richmond have to win both against GWS and Hawthorne and hope that either Essendon or West Coast lose at least one game and then they can creep in. But, geez, it's becoming even more unlikely – um, and even the first half against North Richmond were, weren't great. They flicked the switch mm-hmm. at half time. They did, but still, like yeah. you, you want to see more. I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful yeah. for for uh, the game against GWS that the Tigers can do it, and then the last round will be real interesting. But we'll see. Hey, Dario sent in something. Nico, you've been real harsh on the Suns. You've been absolutely filthy about them. You said there's no future there. They can't do anything right. Sack Jew, I think you That's said. That's rubbish. But, I did not say that. <laughs> along those lines, I think. But what Dario sent in, he said, this is really interesting, right? So with two games to play, this yeah. is already Gold Coast's most successful season in terms of wins since 2014 and their third best in their history. Mm. Yeah. So seven they've got at the moment. Their most ever is 10, 2014, eight in 2013. They're on seven. Yeah. But at, so are you, do you think that the Suns are building? Because it's a couple of weeks back we said that they're going nowhere, but they've just beaten Carlton. Has that changed your opinion? Um, they've absolutely got the talent. That's for sure. They've got the players there. Yeah, but we've said that for um, years, haven't we, Nick? I know, but the the talent they've got there now, like Lakosha's Ben King, um, Isaac Rankin, Rao, it's there to be, you know, they've got the pieces. But again, you've got to um, keep them, don't you? you got to keep it. them that's and you've got to build on it. 
Yeah. They do. But I think what lets us down the most with Gold Coast every year, and it's becoming a trend, is that they start the season well more often than not. Yeah. I'll get so a few promised, wins, don't they? get your yeah. hopes up. Yeah. And then, you know, midpoint or towards the back end of the season, they drop right off. Yeah. And that's when, you know, the questions start being raised. So it's a good win against the Blues. Um, yeah. It'll be it'll be massive for them to finish the year off strongly. That's um, right. Cause a couple more upsets. Well, if you want a strong opinion, I'll give you this one. It means Jack. It means nothing for me. That that win, mm. I couldn't care less because it's it's one week, yeah, good, and then it's a huge drop off the next. There's just really, I'm sick of believing in them because I've I've seen, you know, you see signs and you think, oh, geez, they're coming. I love Stewie Jew. I love the players that they've got there. I really, you know, and I've believed in them for so long, but they just keep letting you down. So it means nothing for me. I'll, you know, I believe it when I see it, kind of thing. Um, yeah. The other one was from Matt from Oakley. Uh, he likes to get involved in the show. Big Carlton supporter. He said, "Good luck to Murph." And a get well soon to Doherty. So just a little Absolutely. nice yeah. Carlton message there after a pretty glum weekend mm. for those blue baggers. That was horrific. And that was just, oh, mate, there was the one chance to kind of keep their hopes alive. Then it, it looked like an easy win against Gold Coast and they just weren't up for it. That was shocking. Yeah. But yeah, good luck to Murph. You finally get to 300 game and sent off yeah. um, in a nice way. But unfortunately for him, his career didn't really, um, pan out the way he'd planned, did it? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, the hopes were high for Murph being, you know, the number one draft pick when he came in. And yeah, I don't think we ever held him in conversation with, you know, the, the best players that come throughout his career. But he, you know, he was always a good player. And unfortunately, he didn't get to experience much success at Carlton, yeah. which is a shame. And, you know, but going forward with Carlton as well, like, they're another one. Um, you can't really have much faith in them going into next season because mm. the hype is always big for them um, going into every year. And, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. Does take, I think on Thursday, so as we're recording now on Wednesday afternoon, tomorrow, the, um, the results from the review will come out, I think, in more detail. Um, do you see David Teague getting the flick? And now I know a few rumors came out on Monday and actually on three AW on, on Neil Neil Mitchell's program, he revealed that he'd um heard some rumors that David Teague was not gonna be there um next season and um they called Carlton. Even I had I called Carlton and uh they weren't very happy with those rumors that were circulating and it was a strong no from them that it that it actually mm-hmm. happened. So um I mean you, they didn't exactly deny that he wasn't going to, you know, be be sacked, but they denied that um, that decision had already been made. Do you think that he's going to last out the season? Um, I think it's going to be dependent on the whole Clarkson situation because he's going to be the most sought after coach now um, mm. for like Gold Coast, Collingwood, and Carlton. So, so simple then is that if Clark goes available, Teague goes. If Clark doesn't want to coach next year, keep Teague. Is that what you're thinking? I think so, yeah. Hmm. I think so. If yeah. they, if they, you know, if they have faith in, you know, attracting Clarkson to the club, then they'll absolutely hold on to Teague for one more year. I think. Yeah, I think Nick Rewalt made a good point last night when he said, "Was it last night or the night before? Can't remember." But he said um, that he hasn't really been given his real his own club. You know what I mean? Like he came in and he had all the assistants still there, same board. Uh, everything was the same. You know, he's had two COVID interrupted seasons. 
he hasn't really had the opportunity to build his own club or build his own Carlton. And maybe this review will give him the opportunity if he survives to kind of clean out some of the the staff there, um, a fresh new look, and he's had time to kind of build his list. And and if you just look at on ladder position alone, this is this is where we both said Carlton were going to be at the end of the season. Well, I mean, not 13th, but say a game and a, and a half out of the eight kind of thing. A couple yeah. of games out of the eight. Only because we expect this from Carlton every season, but I'm sure Carlton supporters themselves would have held higher hopes. They for did. Them. They did, yeah. yeah. Hey, um, speaking of high hopes, Frank has high hopes for you that you'll uh, you'll finally give us an apology. He wrote in again. He said, I'm still waiting for Nick's apology and I will continue to write in every week until he gives me one. We'll end on that. Do you want to give an apology, Nico, to Caroline Wilson and everyone else you called fools for um, for doubting? <laughs> um, well, we, we, we spoke about it last week, wasn't we it? We did, we did. Before? And you didn't, no, it was last week, I think. Yeah, last week. Um, and yeah, I said what I said last week, and I'll stick by that. I'll stick to my word. <laughs> so what's like that? Caroline Wilson did? So Caroline so, Wilson just got lucky. So did Sam McClure, and so did Tom Morris. Yeah, I think the whole Hawthorne situation <laughs> changed very late. So yeah, I'm still. All right, with that. stick to your story. No uh, well, at least he's consistent. I tried, Frank. We'll try every week. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening today. Get involved in the show. Hashtag Gym Session. As I said, a special interview with Josh Gibson is coming up tomorrow. So keep a lookout for that. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the uh, the gym session, the Monday review panel on a Wednesday edition. It is uh, a different times here in lockdown. We've had to split everything up. I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Uh, go the Tigers. <laughs>